0: Jackie Brock. What's up, DJ? What's up, man? How are you, man? I'm good, dude. How are you? I'm I'm doing quite well, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you're a man of very many uh talents and you have a lot of uh a lot of crazy shit you've done in your past. Let's 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 just start talking about it cuz look, we've known each other probably fuck, man, 8 years something like that. I don't know, something like that. And um we've never really sat down and talked about you. It's always everyone else has something going on. You know, it's a that was a, which life do you want to talk about? I love like them, now, man. You know, I love them, man. Because, let's start from the beginning because
1: the one that's you know the most impressionable on me is the one going on right now, you know, with the the current project of, of of the family and the kids, you right?
0: Know? And anything else deeper than that, we're going to have to dig. Well, let's dig, man. Um, I mean, you've done, you've been booking talent in this area forever. Um, you played in a really successful band from this area. Um, you're playing other bands from this area now. Like, I mean, let's just. How did you get into all that? How did you get into music in the first place? Man, so by the time
1: I could walk, my my grandmother had like an organ and a piano at, at her house, and then uh, and then I think I don't remember when we got one in our house, but I just walked up and would just bang on it, you know, and then um, but bang bang on them in, in key, you know? And, uh, so I just always, m- music was the only thing that kept my attention, you know? And so when I was like three or four, they tell me I was supposed to grow up to be a country singer. Okay. And, um, so I don't know where that came from the, the singing part, because that's not me at all, you know? And, um, so I guess, the country music thing got sidetracked with Van Halen. <laughs> you know, um I got to I went to a Van Halen concert in 1986 and it was the very first one that when they introduced Sammy Hagar to the world as the new Van Halen singer and and then Eddie came out there and that's why we're talking right now, you know. Okay. I just knew I had to do something involving music, you know, um at that point and how old were you then? I was in seventh grade. Okay. And, um, and so, you know, I had a little guitar, uh, my cousin Scott, he had a guitar, but, um, we didn't know what distortion was at that time. And so, you know, I picked up the guitar and I strummed on it and it, you know make a chord but it just didn't sound like docking you know (laughs) know. and um and so i put the guitar back up and just kept playing on the keyboard you know and, and scott started taking guitar lessons and found out what a distortion pedal was you know and i remember the day that he brought the pedal home and and he's like this this is what we've been looking for the whole time and, uh, because I had done everything I'd read in guitar magazine, like put my guitar amp in the closet and turn it all the way up to 10, <laughs> put it up against the wall and just bang on my guitar to try to make it distort, you know, to, to make it sound like quiet riot, you yeah. know, and black Sabbath and, and, uh, never would happen. And then the pedal happened. And so everything changed from there, <laughs> you yeah. know, it's got yeah. showed me how to play a docking tune and I'm like, okay, sweet. Now we've got we know how to do guitar and we have distortion. And so we started, um, uh, a little band called chemical youth. Chemical I think that youth, was what like eighth is this? grade. Eight. Uh, so 88. Yep. 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 And, um, and we were doing like Metallica and sex pistol songs and pretty much those two bands only, I think and maybe anthrax. And, um,
0: and then that kind of moved on. Well, hold on. Let me talk about how does it feel to experience those those bands and that and those years and and come up in music at the same time. Like thinking about that, like just me, I can't fathom that because fuck, I wasn't born until eighty nine. Okay, so like dude, yeah. to to, there. to be able to experience that firsthand, mm-hmm. like what does it do to you? It makes me sad for everybody else. You know? <laughs> That's <laughs> what I'm fucking honest, saying because I'm sad for not being able to be there. Yeah,
1: dude. Okay, so and that Van Halen concert. So we got to go to that and Scott's dad took us to that concert. So yeah. that was in 86 and, and so like seventh grade. Um, and then, so my mom had a friend, her name was hope that sold real estate with her and there wasn't any other real estate agents back then, uh, that wanted to go to any rock concerts, you yeah. know? And, um, and so mom sent me and Scott with, with her to go watch the rock concerts. We'd have a chaperone, you know, and then she'd have somebody to go to concerts with. And so f- after that Van Halen show, we saw every rock concert at the Hearst Coliseum. For, I'd say from 87 to 90, until I was old enough to drive myself, you yeah. know, till till we got grounded for something yeah and you know didn't get to go but yeah so like i mean literally every i think i missed one aussie show i missed the injustice for all tour thanks mom <laughs> <laughs> had bad math grades they, they knew how to make me act right man Just take away the music oh shit and uh God, I I only missed like two though, the the entire heyday, you Mm -hmm. know, and got to see all the original lineups, you know, so I just knew, you know, what, what I was going to do. So like in ninth grade, um, is when I met Billy, um, and so we were in, uh, earth science class together and, um, boom. Um, we kind of knew of each other, but didn't really know each other well yet, but we liked all the same bands and, um, and he had just kind of started playing the bass a little bit. And, um, I had multiple little garage bands that needed bass players back then. There was the hardest thing to find. And, um, and so Billy was wanting to get in a band and I'm like, dude, get, get a bass and I've got one for you, you know? And, um, and then, you know, so he did you know i think that was the second guitar player that between me and 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 scott we talked into selling their guitar stuff and buying bass equipment yeah at the very beginning of the freshman year you know when we all had guitar class together and some some of us didn't have guitars anymore <laughs> but um and then so the garage bands started at you know at that time and so you have to imagine before. Cowboys from Hell came out and and Nirvana Yeah. Those dudes in those 80s bands had to be able to sing, you know, like yeah. hit them high notes and everything. Yeah. So we never had singers. Like S- so you like just, all the way through <laughs> junior year in high school, man, like, we, like not until, you know, in 8th grade we holler along with Metallica or whatever, yeah. but but like not until like Cowboys from Hell came out, you know, and we were like Ah, that's a, that's the noise, that, that's, the yeah, noise we that's what make. we want to hear. Yeah. You know, you can yell, and, and you don't have to be able to sing like Yeah, you don't that, have to you know? be a vocalist you, you, necessarily, you don't yeah. have to be a singer, right? Right, right, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, ultimate vocalist back in those days, and uh, so that introduced Dimebag Daryl to everything, too. Yeah. So that just made everything snowball, but from there. Playing music, like we there, there were no places to play for original bands, you know, or uh, no all ages things, you know. There, there was a little thing that popped up, like in eighth grade, that lasted a summer, and it was like a, a cheerleading building, you know. Yeah. And, and the mom was cool enough to let us, you know, play in our little garage bands on the Fridays and Saturday nights down there, you know, and. um so when we will fast forward a few years and there was absolutely nowhere to play and do metal or original music i can this, only imagine this
0: was like the early 90s 94
1: okay. 95 and i would have to rent out this old grocery store uh midtown it? hall it, where is this Which it? is Kings Highway and Old Mansfield Road. Okay, this is in Shreveport, yep. Louisiana. Okay. It's where the biotech uh, center is now, okay. which where Blade Studios was most gotcha. recently. And so, literally, I would have to rent that place out, and then I would have to hire Chuck Scroggins to come do production there. And then I would also have to hire, like, SPD to come and do security. Mm-hmm. And, uh, then I had to make sure that there was Cokes and waters and chips and everything for everybody to have and a stage. And then I had to make sure that it was insured. And then I had to make sure that people came Yeah, <laughs> and that became promoting shows without me realizing it really, you know? And so basically like we do all do, do all the work to do an event. Yeah. And then just give away all the money at the end of the night They just split it evenly with everybody. Cause mm-hmm. you know, that you just didn't know any better, you know? And right. meanwhile, so I'd, I'd take a signature loan out from whichever pioneer bank back in the yeah. day or whatever, and, um, get the cash I needed on Friday and hoped that I could bring it back on Monday. You know, hope I could bring it all back yeah. to them and not have to owe them anything. Yeah and um, And it just worked more often than it didn't, you know, and uh, so it was out of necessity, you know, that I started doing the shows. And then um, I guess my first national act was kind of an accident, really, um, it was um, coal chamber, okay? And so Col- they had played a a radio show in Bozier. And whoever had organized the whole thing hadn't dotted all of their I's. And um, I don't know if it was with uh, an event permit or scheduling or something. But anyway, Cold Chamber didn't get to play. And so there were a lot of people here that were upset about it. And uh, I knew a couple of guys in the band. And um, we were just talking. And I didn't know the tour manager was standing right there. And he heard me. I was confused at how it could get messed up. Yeah. You know, like I don't even understand how this hap- could happen. And, uh, and he goes, well here, um, he asked me a couple of questions and then handed me a business card and told me to call his boss on Monday and they would come back to Shreveport and play for, play for me next time. And, um, and so that guy's name was Dave Kirby. And um, little did I know that he was, he taught me how to do a whole, um, offer sheet and, you know, and showed me like, after you risk all this money, you know, there's a line item for you to actually make a promoter profit on there, yeah. you know? And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> you know, and he's like, and uh, he's like, well, how are you getting paid? And I'm like, well, the guy that owned the club would give me some money, you know, yeah. and I, I was happy with it, you know? And, and, um, and so like, he like showed me, how to do it at that time and then uh southpaws opened up in downtown shreveport and then they they wanted national acts to be playing there and so basically they just gave me a job doing the national acts there and uh and asked me not to lose some money you know and so that's what we tried to do and it worked and uh here we are all these yeah. years later. So I mean that just kinda like stumbled into it at that time at, out of a necessity. Yeah. And it just you know, I've just been a proponent for original music that whole time since then, you know. And so just from I guess I went from there to 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 the sound stage. So from like ninety nine to two thousand five, um, you know, uh we had a really good run down at five sixteen. Yeah. And um yep yeah. that and then it's just here we are yeah you know, i mean peter pan syndrome lives on So you know <laughs> so I get to play music with my best friends and work in the music business and you know we're, yeah. we're here we're at work today hell both yeah that's right so cheers cheers yes sir cheers. Cheers. yes sir.
0: Yeah, so, i mean there's um well there's just a lot to that there's a lot of things you didn't talk about but there's that, that's a summarized <laughs> version i guess but like <laughs> So, I mean, I get worried about talking too much, man, dude, don't you worry know, about when it, we're bro. in a podcast. Don't worry about it, bro. We have plenty of time. So, I mean, we're only 15 minutes in. We have plenty of time. <laughs> so, um, um, yeah, so what are some of the... You're in multiple bands. Um, you play with Tragedy, which, you know, a lot of people... Who, all right, so look, this podcast is broadcasted outside of just this area. So there's probably a lot of people who don't know about these area specifics. And then also you know, bands that may not be familiar to them. So let's just talk about everybody you've played with. Okay. Um, like that anyone would know crack fight.
1: Um, my metal band, we've gotten around pretty good, you know, and that was uh, a band that came out of covenant. So, so covenant was the band that when I was renting out the, the, the old grocery store to, to do our events was for that band, you know? And so, and then Crack Fight kind of became um, an, a band that, from Covenant to Crack Fight, except for I went from guitar player to drummer, because um, it was just a, it was supposed to be a, just a joke, you know. Yeah. Like we weren't, and, it, and we ended up just having such a good time that you know, 20 years later we still do show here and there, you know, and and um, so right about the time Crack Fight was forming, about a, about a year after that is whenever, um, I joined tragedy. And I guess that's right, end of 2000, early 2001. Okay. And, um, and so pretty much, uh, there's been times where it was tragedy and crack fight, both, you know, going pretty decent and, 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 a, and I didn't have a family back then, you know? So, I just wanted to be gone all the time. Yeah. You know, and and so if since I played music full time, I, I I got to go live wherever I wanted to live, you know, or stay wherever I wanted to stay as long as I made it to the gig on time. Yeah. And um so that was a really fun, you know, fun little while of my life and um you know, since all of that, you know, we've um we started Cody Cook and the Bayou Outlaws, yeah. you know, and um and so that was an, another thing that was more like Cody came out to the bar and was having so much fun, you know, hosting, uh, open mic night. He'd never been on a stage before, you know, that we put together a band for him for his birthday. Just and really, we just thought it was going to be a one-time thing. Okay. You know, um, yeah, I, I subject top a lot, don't I?
0: No, uh, you're good, dude. You're good. Yeah, I'm keeping up with you. We li- got it.
1: Yeah. So literally man. So we, um, it was going to be a surprise you know and i talked to to my sister-in-law jennifer um to play lee guitar and billy on bass and i guess it was just uh me on drums and we didn't have a, a keyboard play or anything right at first but we learned like eight of cody's songs and four cover tunes and and play a, a concert for his birthday you know and then that just happened to be a lot of fun for everybody and, yeah and we've Managed to drag it out this many years, you know? And so from Cody Cook band, trying to not get them too confused, man. Um, (laughs) Man, man, I'm just grateful that everybody has their own lives and they're all segmented in ways that it, it, it seems to where when we collide, it's at the right times. Right. Got you. You know, and, and that's what I always try to remind everybody, you know, let's not take things too seriously because it's magical whenever we do get to do something. Right. You know? Yeah. And, and so as long as, you know, we don't take crap too seriously and if something hiccups and keeps something from happening, you know, we just got to go. Yep. All right, cool. Cause that magic time, is going to happen next time yeah. when it all lines up
0: you yeah know?
1: and so I guess it was during the pandemic and we weren't playing you know Billy and I were doing some recording projects and and uh, and, and, and 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 with Chris too we we're having yeah. some really good times yeah and uh, then uh, I get a phone call from Leaf Chively you know <laughs> and I'd known Leaf for since this, I mean, through Swamp Donkey, you know, and, and playing together, um, you know, with Cody Cook and, and yeah. Louisiana Swamp Donkey. And, and so Leaf has always been like a, just a over the top guitar player. But, you know, during, when we were playing together, Kyle was my guitar player, yeah, you know? And so doesn't matter who else you have on guitar playing around you. When Kyle's playing, you're just like, so, you know? Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and so I remember when Kyle moved to Nashville, that was kind of an abrupt thing. Thank you, Kyle. And, uh, and leaf was like, man, you know, I can play anything that, that Kyle can play, you know? And, and, and at first, like as much as I, as awesome as I thought that leaf was, I was like, man, I don't think he knows what he's saying. man." Yeah. Kyle does some retarded stuff, man. I don't even, doesn't even make sense. And, um, and so I just got to know Leaf more and more and they are putting together this band and, uh, personality wise, it's just, it's, it's full time, like a Will Ferrell movie all the time, yeah. you know? And then as musicians, he, I mean, he was a hundred percent right. Anything that Kyle plays, you know, Leaf goes, sorry, Kyle. And he plays it right back to him and, and, and then they play it in harmony together And, um, and then Salemi and Gavin and, and then Eric, you know, I mean, uh, honored to be asked to be a part of that, you know? And, uh, and so every time that we play together, it's a spectacle. And, um, and I love it because nobody takes themselves too seriously there either. You know, they, they do at their craft, but as long as you're willing to laugh at yourself, man, you know, and, and not take yourself too seriously then we can have a good time yeah and yeah. And, and 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 fortunately in that band too everybody has leaf has a new baby and eric's got a bit everybody has businesses and and so our schedules for the most part seem to line out the way they should or the way they need to
0: yeah well it's and just it's, it's cool to be able to see these passion projects turn into something that's more than that you know what I mean because there's so many people that start a band in a garage that never do anything with it but you've taken that and turned it into some so many things, but you've also been able to work with people from all over the world like in and be in being rooms with people that you otherwise never would have been able to had you not you know went down that road if you think about it
1: yes okay yeah that's a whole different aspect okay yeah let's talk about it yeah because
0: i mean that's all i think is like this man i know you're so well connected in the music industry that you know so many people that if i were to be in the room with these people i'd be like holy shit this is so and so right here but you've become probably a little jaded to that because you've been in the industry so long dude all right hang on Let's, let's do this before before i tell this story yeah
1: it was uh I get 16 or 17 and uh what year was it that we got to do the thing with with James
0: James um, Burton Burton I have no idea all right so well, i mean
1: to me this is the best story ever
0: okay um, well, first off, give some context, because a lot of people don't know who James Burton is, because we're just spouting off names here, and people don't oh, know who yeah. they are. Yeah, I think everybody should... That should they, James, they should, James but they should don't.
1: should be on, like, when you apply for your driver's license or whatever, <laughs> it should be on the test, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, James Burton is um, an iconic guitar player from Shreveport, who kind of was like the first rock and roll kind of style guitar player. You mm-hmm. know, he had the hybrid picking... And um, he played on everything that was everything that was good to me from those years. Yeah. You know, I mean, good is uh, all your opinion, but I mean, um, every rock guitar player that I you know grew up listening to, I always heard them give props to James Burton. You know, I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for James. Right. You know, and that's that's everybody, right? And um so it was like early American Tragedy days, man like maybe 2002, 2003, James had a club in downtown Shreveport and they did a showcase, a uh, battle of the bands kind of thing down there and they had us host it to, to make sure people showed up to to watch, right. yeah, you know. Yeah. And um and so we had a thing where we brought full stacks into every venue that we played and did, i mean we didn't matter how small the venue yeah. was we were bringing our each one of us two stacks and and sometimes the sound men would end up happy with us because we didn't make it twice as loud but we didn't require our monitors to be as loud whenever we had our own speakers hitting us in the head yeah. you know so that's you know john vance are you looking at me crazy right now <laughs> and um and so the whole night man like so james is actually there holding his ears talking about it's too loud everybody's too loud and i don't even have earplugs in at this time i mean i'm that's stupid kids wear earplugs <laughs> um but all I could think of is one of my heroes is going to hate me yeah. after tonight, you know, because we're going to be way louder than, than I mean, because they're not loud, <laughs> you know, yeah, not Trey plays to the yeah. drums really yeah. hard. We don't turn up loud on purpose, but loud enough to be over Trey or at least the same volume, you know? And, um, and so, you know, how do you play a, a good show? Yeah when you're the whole time, you're just thinking in the back of your head, man, my idols going to just hate me, <laughs> you know? And, uh, we played a show and then when we got down off stage, he came up and gave me a hug and, and told me he loved my tone. And, uh, and I don't know if that's before I stopped using uh channel three on the dual rectifier and went to channel two or not, Yeah. you know, but he didn't have any reason to lie to me. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> and then like that was, you know, 2000, whatever, 2002 or three or something like that. And just bumping into each other through the, through the years, fast forward to like 15 or 16. And, you know, he calls and asks if if I'd be his band director for his Christmas concert. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, I don't know, man. (laughs) Okay. That's, let me let me look at my calendar and see <laughs> see what see what make sure I don't you know have anything extra going on that night you know I'm like um let me call you back. So you're apprehensive. <laughs> you're like, oh shit. Yeah, because I didn't. That's yeah. man, that's a heavy load. Yeah, exactly. That, that's yeah, a super. Like,
0: yeah. Okay.
1: You know. Yeah. You know. And, and I grew up you know watch, watching the elvis concerts you know and the, vi- the videos and and everything and just being a, a huge elvis fan and and Bert james fan and everything else and 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 then just knowing who he plays with mm-hmm. and then like he he wants me to play drums and be his band leader and, and like I'm like i i can't play all that stuff that ronnie tut plays on those live concerts dude i mean like have you paid attention to the drums yeah. on like the Hawaii,
0: you no, know, I haven't, no, I'm not.
1: I mean, it's like Slayer or Mastodon okay. drumming, okay. you know, but, but with Elvis, because yeah. all the, they were on some, some stimulants yeah, back there was some in the days, good you know, shit. Yeah, there was and they good were, shit. I mean, it was fast. Bro. Yeah. Like, and so, so obviously and I, I was like, well, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes, sir. We'll do it. You know? And, and, uh, and so he, he let me bring the whole Bayou Outlaw, you know, group on that. And, um, and so we were just all just didn't even really know what to say about it, except for it's a lot of pressure and we better not suck. You know, I mean, like don't, no matter what, don't suck. Yeah. And, um, and so I just remember the day, man, I was driving down the road and, and, uh, and I've talked to James, I mean, just. Knew so many times, you know, but like when he called my phone and he a- asked if it would be okay if we just jammed at my house in my studio instead, because his was all set up, you know, for a session, you know, and then uh the other studio was set up for like a photo shoot. So would it be okay? Yeah. yeah. You know, and I'm like, holy shit, he's going. Wait, he's house coming now. to my house, bro. <laughs> what? You know, and I'm like clean up everybody yeah we got to clean dude james is coming over you know and um and so man i i just remember the day that that he that he came out there and we rehearsed you know in the studio and after we went through like the Chris the Christmas song oh never mind no this is a good one you like this uh so we did suspicious minds nice and on the recording it fades out you know just it's just the chorus over and over and yeah. over again you know and and um, and so I'm supposed to be the person to come up with an ending you know and I'm like dude I'm said man how did y'all end it you know because I don't I, I don't know what to do and he goes do you do you want to know how I ended it with Elvis I just dropped my sticks, you know, I'm just like, no, please. How did you end it with Elvis? You know? And he's, that's how we ended it too. Like he, and, and, and and so, you know, after a beautiful practice, you know, I'm just sitting there, you know, just thinking he's got his guitar on still. Like, you know, we've done my favorite Elvis tunes. I'm like, man, uh, play me anything that you did with Merle Haggard. Okay, that's interesting. And I was expecting, like, Working Man Blues, Yeah, you know? No, he busted off with Mama Tried. Mama Tried, okay. And I dropped my sticks all over again. Like, I literally <laughs> could not help myself. They just fell out of my hands. <laughs> yeah. You know, and before you know it, I'm like, trying to... Uh, he goes, come on, you know, and I'm... I'm, uh, you're, I'm not supposed to be able to just play this song per- correctly... Right. ...with you right now. Yeah. You know, I mean... In five minutes, I should be able to regain some composure and play that song with you. Yeah. But that—that that was pretty random. You have to admit, you know. Yeah. I mean, you've heard that riff your entire life, you yeah. know. And and I wasn't even expecting that riff at that time. So that that was that. So that led to us getting to do his Christmas party. Okay, you know. And uh, man, I mean the the. The good Lord put, put me in each one of these places at, at, at the right time. So after the Christmas party goes so well, in, in my mind, <laughs> and, uh, and my mom said it was good too, <laughs> um, <laughs> they're going to do a, a tribute concert in Nashville the next year. And so James is like, yeah, hey JB man, maybe you know you can be my my band leader up there too, you know. And, and I'm just like, shut up, man, <laughs> you know, like, and because that one was not true. Okay. It, that one that that one was not true, you know. And uh, I, he likes to pull your leg sometimes, okay, you guys. know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and I'm like, man, now come on, man. Yeah, are you getting me right this, right time, yeah, this, this, this time, or is this for real this time? You know, level, come on, man. man. Already, yeah, you yeah. yeah, I mean i've gotten to do this once mm-hmm. so now i don't get to be a sucker for believing you mm-hmm. you know and um hey no no the drummers produ- the producer's kid and blah 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 and they have the, all the whole thing lined up and everything and uh and he goes but yeah but you can still come you know and and um and then weeks go by you know and you know, you know what happens I mean, when you don't hear from your really close friend that you talk to all the time for many, many days, you just think nothing's going to happen. Yeah. Right? No, I'm yeah. I'm just kidding. I don't expect to be, to hear f- from people all the time, you know, cause I'm guilty <laughs> too. But, um, it's leading up to the show, you know? And, um, and so I'd been communicating with Louise a little bit about it. And, um, and I was like, look, if y'all need any, uh, photography or video work, you know that you guys can own let me know and i'll bring my gear and you and and, you know i'll do the usual you know and um they just had too many things going on and they forgot you know and uh so cody and i cody cook we were we were going up there anyway to nashville and we crossed through little rock arkansas and greg miles calls me and um Hey man, what you doing? You know, oh man, me and Cody are just cruising, banging in little rock, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and he goes, well, man, um, you, do you want to be the hero of the day, you know, for James and Louise? And I'm like, man, that's a tricky question sometimes, <laughs> you know, what's it going to be? And, um, and he goes, would well, do you have any video gear with you? And I'm like, as a matter of fact, I do. And, uh, and, uh, he goes, well, they don't have anybody lined up to interview the other guitar players, um, for behind the scenes. And so, you know, if you could do it, then, uh, you and Taylor could go interview everybody and, uh, everybody will let Taylor ride in and James granddaughter, you know? And, yeah. and, uh, and so I'm feeling really secure right now about this interview process because, I've been told that Taylor is going to be the one asking the questions and doing the interviews Uh, to all of my guitar playing idols that are going to be here, you know? And, um, nonetheless that I don't have a tripod with me. I don't have any lighting. Did I have a microphone? And I had one lapel mic with me. That's all I had. And, um, but I, of course, you know, Oh, and it was snowing. And so, uh, so downtown or Nashville was going to be on pretty much gridlock anyway. And, uh, the CMAs were in town. So there was no video gear available to rent. There was nothing, no lenses. I mean, nothing. I mean, like we exhausted every Mm -hmm. Nashville resource. Yeah. So I went to Best Buy and I got a $29 tripod (laughs) and I think I had the first ring light that anybody on that production team had ever seen. And, um, because they were very impressed with it. Yeah. Yeah. They, 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 they thought that I was a real professional <laughs> and, um, you know, they, they could tell that my video quality was going to be excellent. And that I really knew what I was doing with my, uh, lapel mic, you know, um, for an interview mic that I had to hold like this for <laughs> Everybody in my, in my $29, I think tripod and the ring light, you yeah. know, and, um, Hey dude, it ain't about the tools. No, it's, about, yeah, right. it's about knowing how to, how to use it. Right. Exactly. And, um, and so, and this was the XM radio people that were kind of patronizing me in such a wonderful way. And I got all the interviews, you know, and they got like one interview, but that's what they get. <laughs> but, but so imagine this dude. So. I'm getting these inter. my job is to get these interviews and I'm just kind of like, I'm waiting on Taylor. Right. Cause, and, and so I got everything set up. And more than once that, like I had my sticks like this, you know, and my, and my camera and everything. I'm, and I'm getting ready to follow her out and she just leaves me, you know, and like, then finally I'm like, Hey, um, are you, you going to do these interviews? And she goes, I'm not interviewing anybody, you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to be on camera doing that. You know, I'm like crap, you know? So then I'm, I really don't know what to do. So I've been there for like two hours by this time. And, um, so then we go to, to solve another crazy kind of, kind of awesome little issue that popped up. And, uh, and Miss Louise goes, Hey, how are those interviews coming? And I'm like, I don't have any interviews yet. You know, I've been waiting. Whoa, well, oh, honey, I mean, that's what we need you here for is these interviews. And I'm like, well, what do you expect me to do? Like just go knock on everybody's door and just say, Hey, I'm here to ask you a few questions about James? And she goes, That's exactly what I expect James. you to do. And I'm like, <laughs> Okay. I mean, I mean all right then. You know, nobody ever said that. And and um And so like Cody had, had ran an errand or something. And I'm like, nine, one, one, nine, one, one, um, whiskey, (laughs) you know? And, um, because like this time the, the bars haven't opened or anything, um, you know, for this event or, and, um, and so, you know, Cody got back there, man. And, and it was a couple of Jack Daniels and then we were on man. Like, and, um, I've got the craziest interviews, uh, I did not get to interview Joe Walsh or Brian May um, because Tanya Tucker kept delaying us. But she did make it up to us with her tequila. There you go. But. <laughs> what kind of tequila was it? She has her own. No shit, Yeah, she? Yeah, oh, it, it's, re- it's, it's really good. Okay. And, and I don't remember what kind it is because. Sammy uh, Hagar was there, and he was just doing his rum. Yeah, and you know, and so, I mean, just you know, just I don't even can't believe I'm talking about this right now because it just doesn't seem real that yeah. that, it, that it ever really happened, you know. And, and so Albert Lee is the first guy that I that I stumble in on, you know, and um, and and before before that happened, so you know I walked up, and I guess the security guard thought I was somebody else Um, and so they had let me right into the venue and after behind me there was a knock on the door and it turned around and it was Marty Haggard right there and um, and the security guard didn't know who he was and he didn't have a lanyard and he wasn't going to let Marty in you know and and I was like, man, look at his face, man. <laughs> you know, I mean, he looks like his dad. Think real hard, man. Yeah. You know, Cause the security guard was in his sixties. Yeah, you know? I'm like, look, just think man, one of the best voices in country ever. And, uh, and, uh, so that was just, that was kind of funny that day that, that, um, I got to vouch for Marty <laughs> you, you know, to get in the venue. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, God, man. Um, uh, there, there were so many incredible players that day. Um, so speaking of amazing drummers, Ronnie Tut, you know, like I got to talk to him um, and just ask him, like, who was your favorite drummer? And he was, you know, Buddy Rich. Yeah. And, of, and, of course, you would think that, you know, somebody his age, Buddy Rich, would be the guy. But I'm telling you, man – when you go home and you watch that Aloha from Hawaii yeah, or whatever, I to and you, you pay yeah, attention yeah. to the drums. Yeah, I, I have mean, to now. Ronnie's got like huge double bass drum set, man. And, and he, and he's playing like Taylor Hawkins looking style, you know, and just as fast, if not faster. Yeah. And, and so I was, I was like, man, did you listen to it? never mind. What about never mind, You know, yeah. like, nevermind that these guys must've all listened to you, you know? Yeah. And, uh, And so that was, it was intimidating to play with James because of how, you know, how fast Ronnie played, you know. And and I played extreme metal and was worried about playing fast enough.
0: Yeah. That's crazy. These dudes are in their 70s. Yeah, that's crazy to think about. Those guys are the pioneers for that, right? Because you hear like shit like you have slipknot or something, you're double bassing and shit, and you hear that and you're like, this is crazy, but that should have been done a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's played with a different style of music, so people didn't, they didn't, the emphasis wasn't on that one sound, it was on the whole production, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess it, it, the, whoever your audio engineer man, right. can make a
1: any song sound like a different genre, right. you know, I mean, pull the distorted guitar and vocals, you know, out of death metal, and you might have some kind of prog yeah. something, you know, or... um that was the most incredible thing that blessing that I got I believe was, was
0: through music was that you know so, was getting so I'm getting making the, sure I'm not screwing anything else getting up getting the now. introduction to, to James and then helping him with what was done locally and then it transpiring into you being able to actually go there and connect with all those people it wasn't as, I mean accomplishment in itself is to, to get to do all that for him but then in turn go up there and then be in the room with all those people bro
1: um, we're on an elevator and it's me and Cody and Brian May and, uh, forgot Garth Brooks guitar player. I'm sorry. Garth's guitar player. Cause everybody knows what his name is. I don't, but it was him and his daughter and yeah. his daughter had some fancy boots on. And, uh, and so Brian's standing right here next to me and Cody's right behind me. And, um, and, and Brian just goes, Nice boots or something like that. Oh, I really love your boots or lovely boots or something. And uh, and Cody goes, well, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> and Brian, he probably had some more ratchet ass stiltoes on too. He did. <laughs> and, and Brian had to speak up real quick and goes, no, I was talking about her her yeah. boots, mate. You know, and I was like, sure you were, Brian. It's fine. You know, and uh, we're all friends here. So that was kind of funny. That yeah. that one that was. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, there wasn't any Joe Walsh interaction besides a high five as he as he walked out. But uh, at one point, so Sammy Hagar's coming by, and um, he's got a red solo cup in his hand, you know. And first thing I say is, don't hide it, divide it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and he
1: looks at it. He goes, I just poured this one for me. He goes. He goes. You keep this one, and I'll make myself another one. And uh, and so it was his rum. And so I know Cody was videoing me at that point, you know, and I, and I, and I think I take, took a picture and sent it to Jessica and I was like, Hey, if I come home with something I didn't, that I didn't leave with, it's Sammy Hagar's fault. You know, <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm hoping that this, this will you know, sanitize it or, you know, yeah. and, um, and so, you know, I got to say, man, um, I know you hear probably hear this all the time. But you know, you're my favorite singer for Van Halen.
0: Yeah,
1: and uh, and he's like, Jackie. I he goes, man. Uh, he goes, I'm the only singer Van Halen's ever had. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, dude, come on, man. You know what I mean? Favorite front man. How
0: about that? Yeah. Favorite
1: songs? You know, so so that was really cool. And then getting getting to share share that dude's rum. You know, and and uh, and then tequila that night. Yeah.
0: No, that's a lot, man. That's a lot. That's a lot for one fucking day. That was a lot. That's that a lot day. for one. To think about that all at one time, like, it's, it's different just meeting some, and look, like, everyone idolizes different types of people, but, like, meeting that one person is one thing, and then you've already met them, so it's expected to run into them again, but meeting people that you've idolized that you realized that you weren't like that you didn't think you were going to run into or like get this chance and you hadn't been able to mentally prepare for it. It's a lot, it's a lot for anything. I mean, it's whether it's a celebrity or just someone that you've looked up to from afar that you've never met, you know what I mean? Well, I mean, you do podcasts now, so you're having to master
1: the skill of, of, of comp, carrying on a conversation yeah. kind of under pressure, you know, it happens.
0: What happens? Yeah. This helps. This, this to give it the, help, does, it, 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 yeah.
1: it's a, I hate that it's a crutch, man. No. But
0: I mean, well, I like it. Um, I like it for to, to relax. You know, look, there's nothing better than having a good conversation over some spirits, right? Exactly. If that's your thing, if it's not your thing, fine. Then I respect that we don't do that. But today we're doing it. You know what I mean? Um, shout out. This is Centenario Cristalino, right. by the way. And this is leftover from. Shout out to Cuban liquor. This is leftover from um, a previous episode. We did a tequila talk, and this is some high end shit, um, and it's good, man. I mean. You can enjoy it. You don't need any ice. You don't need any mixers. You don't need shit. Room temperature in a glass. That's it, straight up. Who turned you on to this? Tequila? Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I mean, I just try all of them, man. So this is just a brand. We just, this is the first time I've had it. Well, I mean, the the second time I've had it, but the first time that I've, you know, in Hall tried, this is my very first bottle of this, excuse me. Um, But I've been doing tequila now. I don't even know who turned me on to it. I feel like I started drinking it, probably 10 years ago. And then I got on like a, I was a whiskey, I was a whiskey guy for a long time. And then I kind of swapped me and Chris Hemingway. We used to drink a lot of vodka. and we just went straight vodka and I'd do like vodka and water with a little splash or something, you know, cutting carbs. Yeah, pretty much mm. trying to, trying to look good naked, man. And, and, um, we got on down the road and I, I just, I got out of the vodka thing and I, I started drinking tequila and I really don't remember what pivotal moment it was or whatever it was, but it did have something to do with watching the rock come out with mana and, seeing all the benefits if you're going to drink any alcohol is not good for you regardless so i'm not going to say it's great for you but if you're going to have anything this is better metabolized from what i understand the way it's produced and it's not made out you know like it's made out of agave plant versus corn or rice or potatoes so it's it doesn't you know it's supposedly not uh, supposed to create more sugar production and stuff like that in the body i don't know I don't know the research behind it all i know is it's supposed to be a little healthier so i was like well i'm gonna start drinking tequila instead and so we started doing the podcast like the tequila talk and we would try new tequilas and i've just kind of gotten to where I, i'm bougie now like i only want the good tequilas like the patron that people are shooting at the bar is not the good tequila mm-hmm. it's a higher end but it's still silver tequila it's not aged in any barrels this is aged so this is aged in barrels it's an anejo actually but then it's triple filtered back through charcoal and silver, this specific one, and then it gives it the flavor it has. So this is actually just like a whiskey, but then it's filtered.
1: And it doesn't burn at all. No. And I'm acting like I could read the label, but those, <laughs> those lines are really small, and I was trying to see what part of Mexico uh, they're, right.
0: Right. they're all. They're all from Jalisco. So every tequila is from Jalisco. Um, that's where. Is that near Cabo, is? man? What no, I don't know where it's set geographically. <laughs> Everything's from Cabo. near Cabo. Yeah, he's gonna. Jamie, <laughs> Josh's Fact got check. this, man. You got it. Um, but yeah, it, Jalisco is where, where all the tequila comes from, and that's where it's all imported from and produced. And um, but the distilleries there, the the ways some areas like the agave they get is from are from certain areas. So based on elevation and how they're farmed, the flavors different. And then based on how they're distilled and produced, the flavors different. But it, I've learned so much about the shit. It's just like the whiskey. The whiskey whiskey's great thing, man. I like whiskey. I I really do too. But I I got to where it just affected me differently, and so once I swapped to this, I just I feel better, and I can have like, like I can have a couple glasses with you, and then tonight I'm gonna do a fucking two hour workout and kill myself and still be okay. Like that's that's unheard of. I couldn't do that if I was drinking beer. There's no way I'd be done. CrossFit people can drink beer and do that though. uh Yeah, I can't. I don't like beer, but if I yeah. But you've been a carp cutter though. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: But yeah. I mean, it, I enjoy it. Well, I, I appreciate the lack of carbs in this because I I, I did have I me mean, a uh, a Cajun uh, steak and cheese courtesy yeah. of uh, Bo Jacks yeah. earlier on the food truck bread. So uh, you know, it's, I, I appreciate you uh, helping me watch those carbs. Good old food per- truck bread. <laughs> can't beat it, man. Can't
0: so yeah, what the facts on the Jalisco? Yeah, yeah, we do. Give me the Jalisco facts. Jalisco is a western Mexican state fringing on the Pacific Ocean. Mm. The state is known for mariachi music and tequila. Both of which reportedly originated here. The capital, Guadalajara, is peppered with colonial plazas and landmarks like the Neoclassical Teatro de Nevado and Rigo Guadalajara Cathedral. With its twin gold spires, the neighboring Palacio de Gobierno houses murals
1: by Mexican artists. Okay. Can you throw like a map quest in there from that to, uh, Cabo Wabo Cantina? Yeah. How far? How, you know, How far from Cabo Wabo? <laughs> because there's a reason, brought next near that, it's on the west coast of Mexico. It's got to be close, want, yeah. like Keithville and Stonewall. From, from the coast, or do you want like from
0: Guadalajara? I want from the tequila place, well, that's the whole from from Guadal- Guadal- Guadalajara State, to basically. Guadalajara to to, to Guadalajara Guadalajara Cabo, yeah. To yeah, yeah. Okay. Cabo so, Wabo tequila. We might have to take a field trip. I'm, I'm down with that because I think that's what need you're going go, for. I need you're to go anyways, your, man. I mean,
1: product placement. I'm doing right it all there. the
0: time. I'm, if I drink so much of this shit, I need to go there and drink it and enjoy it there, where it's. Created it. Well, how do you spell wabo? No, you don't. Wabo's, that's just a tequila. Just Cabo's the name of the, the area. Cabo, Cabo San Lucas? Yeah. Okay. I've never been to Mexico. Not yeah. once. I, I wouldn't go. go right now. Man, I don't think there's ever a good time to go politically.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, it's a little bit worse right Okay, now. Yeah. Yeah. Boat, Cartel not scared to anything. Okay, yeah, at yeah. all. if you go drive, it's like 22 hours. Woo. From Cabo to there? Because Guadalajara Cabo to Cabo. Cabo is at the end of uh, Cali, Me- uh, Cali, Mexico, or whatever they call it. What do they call it, Cali
0: Mexico? Uh, Baja, man. Baja California. Yeah. You that's said that's it true. was on the west coast of Mexico,
1: dude. It's on the way down and there. Like, you know how, like... That's, that's by California and it does this, like, it's basically like a peninsula. Oh. So <laughs> anyways. But there's
0: here. some good fishing down yeah. there. Yeah, I'm sure there is. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> so anyways, <clears throat> back to the, back to the music world. Um, so you've done all this, you met all these people, um, um, And then it's just interesting to me. This has got to be funny, right? So you've been in so many scenarios where you've seen these bands live or you've met these people. You met these, you know, the front men, the producers, the drummers, whoever, the guitarists. And then you have to deal with nowadays booking these prima donna. Like, tell me about that shit because I know it's hilarious. (laughs) Oh, bro. Okay. So, because they probably just think like coming into a market like this where, where, especially the rock scene's not. You know, up and move. It's not really up and be anywhere right now. It's like kind of slowly coming back. I feel like, but um, yeah, yeah, it's up and down. But so, come they're coming into a, an area to where you know, it's kind of been stagnant for a little while, and you're, you're bringing it back with your new venue, um, and this venue down here that you're helping you know run acts through as well. Um, it's just funny. They probably have no fucking idea who you are, or what you've been, what you've seen. You know what I mean? Well, man, it's just. It's kinda of, I've tried to always make it my
1: policy to stay humble, man. Right. You know? And the most highly respected artists that I've ever gotten to be around were humble,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and gracious. And man, what a great example, you know. And so typically anybody that you deal with, I mean, you know in business too, man, if they're a prick, man. Oh, or yeah. Or are they bragged? I mean that's man, that's what's hard for me to tell stories. I feel like I'm bragging, man. Yeah. You know, because 'cause I'm not. I'm just No
0: stories are not I mean, that's not bragging at all. It's uh, like you're not saying what achievements you've made, you're saying I get to I got to meet these people. Lucky and this, do, you know. Man, it's usually people that are
1: not that are not good mm-hmm. that have those attitudes, yeah. you know? Like the, the 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 worst of of an artist, the, like the worst of an attitude. Mm-hmm. You know, don't get me wrong. There's some terrible artists that are really nice. Yeah. But, but, you know, I mean, typically as a promoter, um, you know, I'll go ahead and and name drop one that hurt my feelings in case he ever listens to you. You know, Ted Nugent. Okay. And um, and so, you know, being from the South
0: and growing up on 98 Rocks. Yeah, everybody loves some Stranglehold. Man. I walked out to my first MMA fight to that. As you should. Stranglehold, man. I mean. I Dude. mean, Carrie Von Eric did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man. Um, and
1: so we make all these things happen. I, I tried to bring him to town a handful of times. Mm-hmm. You know, from from when I have a job being a talent buyer or promoter for a venue to. To the year that we brought him to Silver Star.
0: Oh, so you did bring him? We, I, I, I yep. didn't. I, damn! I don't know
1: how I missed that concert. It was Tuesday twos- because it sold out instantly. Okay, you know I mean, yeah. it was a Tuesday. There was no marketing because literally, you didn't need any. It just sold yeah. out. Yeah. you know. And so we jumped through hoops to make all this crap work for for Ted Nugent. You know, um, including having him a private RV pulled around back by the stage for him to use for his own little private uh, dressing room even though there was another dressing room, you know, that, er- that everybody else uses just fine, you know, and, yeah. and multiple tour buses. And, um, and so the tour manager knew, you know, that, it, you know, I mean, I told him, Hey man, I've been trying to bring Ted to town forever, you know, and it's really cool that we get to do this. And, um, you know, we'd love to get to meet him, you know, and, uh, get him to sign one of our wall guitars or something, you know, and he's, Oh, he's not signing any guitars, blah, 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 you know, but, And, uh, yeah, we'll see about getting a picture or something, you know? And I mean, his, his tour manager had an ego and was a brat too. Right. And, um, and so Ted drove in from the airport in a rental, pulled right up to the stage, got up on the stage, played, got back off the stage in his little rental car and left. And like, I mean, he just, he just didn't care. Like he he said, he didn't care to meet the owner or the promoter on the town. Like. He chose to not. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucked up. And we did like everything that he asked for, and and, you know, included. Why do you
0: think some artists are like that though? Do you think it's just they? Do you think it's just uh don't not want to deal with anything? Dealing with stuff so long. Ted's not a guy. He doesn't. He's not a. He doesn't drink. He doesn't party. Doesn't smoke. He doesn't do any drugs. I mean. So he's crazy on a different level. Yeah. Right? He didn't have any excuses for right. all the crazy crap well, well, I mean, he's done in his yeah, life like most except people, for just well, being crazy. Most people, like most of those artists, have like they're just go off the wagon, you know, for some reason or another. Most due to drugs or alcohol, right? Sure. Um, but I mean, I just wonder why, like, I wonder why. I don't know. I don't know the guy. Uh, I've heard interviews with him. He seems like a nice fellow. Seems like. You know? It, yeah. But I don't it, know why he would, you know, discount. But. I mean, it happens, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. So that I mean that was that was the big
1: league. I think he's the the main artist that came through in like big league, just like that. You know.
0: So that's the that's the one that's done you the hardest, right there. Tell me this: something you've done that you never would have thought you would have done, aside from the James Burton thing. Oh, like something say. you like. Holy shit! This is unexpected. I never would have thought I'd be right here in this moment, right now. Like, and it doesn't have to be so much starstruck, but just like holy shit the turn of events, how this happened. I can't believe it. There's gotta okay. be a few moments in your mind. That, okay. Yeah. And
1: this one don't have to do anything to do with me and yeah. music. So, um, and so my wife's sister, Joanna, um, was doing, uh, backup vocals for, uh, Reba McIntyre in, uh, Niagara Falls. Yeah. On the Canadian side. Yeah. And, and this was like the, the weekend she was doing that, you know? And so we're like, we love Reba. We love Joe. Um, we're just going to go and, and try to get a ticket when we get there, you know? And it's a casino show. So, you know, they give away all those tickets ahead of time. So they're, it's way sold out. Yeah. And, um, and so what the heck we're going to Niagara falls anyway. Right. Yeah. And so we get there and there are no tickets way oversold and the show starts and they have TVs outside of the theater, you know? And, and so, you know, Jess and I are just glued to the TV, you know, and then they walk out, you know, and Jess is like, you know, there she is. And, and so meanwhile, like the, the, I guess the head of player development was right there and the head of security and somebody from the venue was watching us like, legitimately interested in what was going on on that stage. in there, unlike most people at concerts at casinos, you know, and, um, and they're like, Hey, where are y'all from? (laughs) You know? And, and, and so we told them the whole story, wait, you flew all the way up here and didn't have tickets or anything. And we're like, yep. (laughs) And, uh, and they're like, come with, wait a minute, you know? And so then they walked us right down like to the fifth row. Yeah. And um, so that was cool. That, that and random. And then we, the hotel we were staying at, happened to be the hotel that that Joe and Steve and and Reba and everybody w- was staying at. And and so we, you know, hung out in the bar with Reba at the very end of the night. Well, you that's know, that night, that that's cool.
0: awesome.
1: <laughs> and um, so, so that was a random. Like, yeah. I, and uh, let's see.
0: I mean randoms there's so many people that's what I'm saying like you that's what's interesting to me is that you've been around so many of these big acts you've been around all these music, musicians from from you know the the biggest in country and western to the the biggest in metal you know and to like it's crazy it's just crazy to think about because most people don't you know they'll idolize like one person you know or you know there's people that are interested in styles and, you know, you know, musicians and, you know, like we love this guitar sound from this band, but like getting an appreciation for every single sound is something that's very rare. And I feel like you do have that because anytime we we talk about anything, you're like, well, I got so-and-so coming here. And I'm just like, holy shit. I never would have thought you would be booking that band, but you just, you understand the market and you, you look at everything. You don't just look at, look at, you always have quality. And, and, and a lot of times you're overbooking it because the we don't have the fucking market, which has got to be frustrating. Man, you know. I, and I don't mean to hit a nerve. I'm no, just I, like, really, I just no. think this. I'm just like, I remember when you text me three or four years ago, five years ago, maybe. And you were like, hey, I'm going to run. Like, I'm going to try to get Tab Benoit here or somebody. You told me, I don't remember who it was. I was like, fuck yeah. And then, like, you couldn't line it up because nobody would buy no fucking tickets. I'm like, this is so frustrating. It's got to be frustrating. Oh.
1: It's very frustrating yeah. to, to not be able to, to bring passion projects to right. town, you know, because like after, let's see, I, I guess, no, like all of the soundstage days pretty much were not, I wasn't promoting concerts like for a job. Uh-huh. It, they would be my favorite metal bands that I didn't want to drive to see, yeah. you know? And, and so I could bring them here. Yeah and all my friends could come see it or, or otherwise Shreveport wouldn't have the show ever happen. Right. You know? And, um, and so that was really what like it's in anytime I do a metal show, um, it's definitely not to make money. It's a, it's
0: a, a Oh yeah. You're yeah, not making yeah. money on metal around you, here you, not at all. I mean, Probably like haven't in 20 just, years.
1: It's, I mean, you just, it's just, it's not profitable. Yeah. You know, it's just a, it's just a labor of love, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but but doing those things, i would get to bring my favorite bands to town. And a lot of times, um, when they found out that it was just my brother and I living at my house or whatever, then they, I'd have my favorite band staying at my house, you know? And so, I mean, like having Mastodon, like sleeping in the living room, you know, uh, they're the main one, you know, and, and go to war and swam green and crowbar. And like, uh, you know, all my heroes growing up, you know, coming through and crashing at the house, you know? Yeah. And,
0: and, um, what was your wife think about this shit? There wasn't a wife back at that time, but not, but now like, just like, you know, Oh yeah. Like, I mean,
1: you know, whenever her older sister, Joanna, Moved to Nashville, you know they've kind of been in and around the business like, got you. The, the whole time since then. You and know, she's a and, phenomenal, book and, uh, too. Yeah, like the three the three sisters together, man. Yeah, are hard. they nobody would have. Been I got to give her props on air
0: for that last performance you all put together for that our nonprofit benefit we had. They were amazing.
1: They yeah they that they did a. I I was like proud. I can't say Ike Turner because she might beat me up <laughs> when I get home.
0: No, yeah, no, you but know, it was it was know, exciting. Like did, I was like, yeah. they killed it, dude. I was yeah. I was like, hell yes, this is amazing. And the, and the whole
1: time I kept thinking, I'm like, you know, what? she don't half ass do anything, no. you know. So it's about it's about to be be all in. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And that 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 was great, man. And that's you know, speaking of her, you know, my wife, I I heard her sing before I ever even knew what she looked like. Oh, I'm sure I you would. Know. All know. I was
0: like, you had to have made her, met her through that. Right. Yeah, Yeah. I, man. It was when we were
1: touring full time and I was home for the holidays and I uh, was having dinner with my mom and dad at superior, uh, the Mexican grill, you know, Yeah. and we're over on the the diner side and I'm just trying to have some dinner with my, with my, my people while I'm in town, you know, and I'm, and there's a band over there playing, with a female singer, you know, and I'm just distracted the whole time. Yeah. Gosh dang, you know? And so finally, you know, I had to, I, I, y'all got to just give me a minute and let me go over there, you know? And, uh, so I peeked around the corner and I was like, man, she's good looking too. Yeah. I go want, there spit uh, some game. You know, and, uh, <laughs> I've never really had too much game. Man, you know? And uh, I never would even know a girl liked me and she wasn't sitting in my lap. You yeah. Know? And, um, but I knew her bass player that night, you know, so that was like my little end, you know, and then she came over there and introduced herself to me that night. And, and that's the first girl that's come up and said hi to me without me having a guitar on or after a show or or being at one of my shows. And so, I mean, that's the first one in years. And I was like, wow, she likes me for me, you know, and, and, um, now, you know, 16 years, almost, 16 years of marriage and a 13 year old and a 11 year old later
0: hell yeah uh, man
1: and now uh you know that that's my my creative primary focus you yeah because we've got a, a studio that's just about lined out you know at the house and ready to record and a couple of drum sets set up at any time and any instrument that you would want to play or need to play you know is right there and because i want to like be able to be the president of anything that my kids are passionate about Mm -hmm. so i can just make sure that if you get on the island that you're worthy of being on the island you know right and and so i can throw off any any bad ones you know yeah
0: no that's important uh, i think
1: it's good yeah that's that's yeah, anything that you've seen me like dive heavy into the last five years, it's all been because that's my kid's been passionate about it. I'm like,
0: okay, boom, we got to get that. You yeah, it's well, you got make the best of where we are. So now you have this new venue, too, right? So you have Shreve Station. Yep. So what's going on with that, man? Um, because first off, hats off for you to you for doing something in downtown Shreveport because. It takes some fucking balls, sir. It, man, You look, must have balls, like, to just...
1: <laughs> <laughs> or I'm a glutton for punishment. Yeah. Or, you know, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll watch what I say about some of these things. <laughs> you know, um... There... So, e, okay, so with East Bank District being packed, you know, every Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. Yeah. That's 2,000 people. Yep. And, um... How many people live in Narcolatex? About 300,000-ish?
0: More than that. And more than, more than, than that, that, I believe. Yeah, more yeah. than that. But, yeah. Yes, so I mean, think we have a 250,000 metro here. So, if you go outside of that, yeah, I would say probably three fifty four hundred.
1: 400 Yeah. And, and, and so,
0: whenever I say that I've been blessed in, like, every area
1: of my life, you know? Mm-hmm. So, when Riverside Warehouse was going away... Was when David Alvis decided to build the stage at Silver Star, you know, and Tommy Brooks, you know, calls me and he's like, hey, you need to, you need to go talk to David Alvis mm-hmm. because uh, you need to be over there doing that for him. And uh, I said, well, I don't know him. I've never met him, you know, and so Tommy called David and then David called me. And uh, next thing I know, we're building a freaking stage, right? Yeah. You know, and, uh, big, nice place. And, um, and so the first year we did a whole bunch of concerts and then, um, then kind of like after that, David has a very loyal customer base mm-hmm. and, um, and he knows how to cater like specifically to his clientele. right, right. And, um, and that, and he stays so busy and, and does so well at everything. Like that's all the busy he wants, you know? I mean, that's busier than what he wants and he's like grants us more shows you know because it feeds everybody kind of thing you know but like um, that being said it's so specific you know what he wants to do there and what he doesn't want to do there right? you know and so at the same time you know I mean I've been friends with Bo and Peanut for a while you know and and I was you know helping them out when they had their little wooden stage in the back you know and and we're you know doing some like like Bo was kind of getting like me with some of my metal bands too you know like some bands we really love that we know we're not going to make any money off of. But man, if we could just share this with the people around here and maybe get help show them what some really good music is they haven't heard that maybe will open their minds to listening to more music like that, then those of us that are in the live music business could book more things that we like to listen to, you know.
0: Makes sense. As it does well, make sense. Yeah, it know, makes sense. Plant like, a
1: seed of what you yeah. want to hear, even though we don't book necessarily what we want to hear. Right, exactly. You know? Exactly. Like, And, um, and so the first season of doing hurricane alley, you know, everybody was like really up in the air. What are we going to do? We're going to sell tickets or we're going to, uh, do some ticket events. Are we going to do free events? Are we going to do national acts? What are we going to do? You know? And so just kind of throwing things all over the place. And again, I'll say that's God watching out for me again, because that was the year that, that COVID, you know, had gone away or whatever And, um, and the stage was still bowed over from just straight restaurant business because we were using the outside area as additional seating for the restaurant, you know, and and it's packed all the time. So, I mean, like, hey, buddy, can you show me how to, how this makes sense for me to move this money over to here? Right. You know, and, and then make, maybe make these people mad, you know, And, and I'm like, I can't. No, I'm no, not gonna argue no with yeah. you about it, man. I'm gonna say that it sucks for me <laughs> and for the people around here, but dude, I mean it makes total sense. But that gave me a whole summer here for, for Bo and Doug and Peanut and, and Brian to really figure out what it is they wanted to do here, which is nothing like there that, that goes on yeah, right, over there. Right, right, right. Yeah. And and so even that being the case, you're still only doing it for so, I mean minute, amount minute 1% percentage. you know I mean there it is you know 10% and, and, and so the Shreveport thing man I'm, just, I'm, I'm from Shreveport you know and um, back you know in the early I guess like 2000s uh, the tourism bureau would like send me to festivals every now and then like as a diplomat for Shreveport to try to bring festivals here you know but like <laughs> thanks for the, the free hotel and stuff, you know, but yeah. we didn't have anything to brag about yeah. back then or really, you know, or anybody cooperating, um, within, you know, the city government to make it reasonable to yeah. do anything. I mean, yeah. This is the early two, early two thousands or whatever. But, um, and so me doing the street station thing was not really supposed to happen. <laughs> you, okay. You know, like um, I really liked um, the lot, you know, right. And, and what Edgar and Deshay had going down there. And I had a couple of shows that were, that I was re- really passionate about that were coming up and, um, and Edgar was done, you know, yeah. and, and he wasn't like a hundred percent done. Mm-hmm. Like, because I think that whenever I, you know, when you don't like doing something and then you have a buddy that comes along that might should have been there the whole time really Mm -hmm. Uh, but but then you hear about the cool things that you can do right like like things that could be profitable you you know and i think that that i had him a little interested you know to, to hang on for a minute and and you know and but i understand uh you know you put a whole lot into a into a place and, uh, and it's all bad yeah. memories you yeah. know, and stressors and stuff. And so, so we're just sitting there and we're at a crossroads and, um, it's like, let's do it. And, um, so there were a couple of other things that were brought in my direction that made me more eager to do that, you know, at that time that, that led to me to make the decision to
0: do that. Yeah. And so now you're running with it. Now I'm running with now it. Now you're running with it. So, what What are your plans? What are your plans for this place? So, what are you going to, all these, because people are going to ask this question, so I might as well ask you, because I'm just thinking of what people are going to ask you. What are you doing different there that you're doing different here and different in the other venue? Because you have, the, the thing is, what I think is interesting about you is you you target different markets and play on those markets, but at the same time, you have your hands in everything. So, what's your plan? What, do, okay. what are we doing? Essentially, um, I'm keeping every everybody
1: playing nice to, with each other. Okay, you know, and so like the example that has been set with the synergy in the East Bank. Yeah, you know, started off with with one with with Bojacks, you know, and then uh, you know Doug comes down here and, and he's he's opening it, uh, opening up something, you know. Yeah, and. Uh, mutual, uh, respects, mutual visions. And, uh, and honestly, because I've known both of those guys separately f- for years, very similar quality of people, yeah. you know? So they were very fortunate that good people, good people, good people landed. It's not fortunate. It was, it was destiny, yeah, man. Yeah. You know? And so, so essentially, um, one, what I'm not going to be doing in Shreveport is anything that's going on here. Right. At the same time. You okay. know, we're, we're, I'm not going to be touching the same wallet. Okay. That, um, I'm not going to be asking the same person to even go out uh, more than once a weekend.
0: Well, I have you know? to ask you are we, are we getting more metal back? We, yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's that's what I had to okay. ask. I mean, I gotta know. Come okay. on. <laughs> so I, I, I kind of led to this. We need
1: we need metal back. I led to this. Earlier, Bring metal back. You know, is um like so, so my my son's really into music now. Okay. You know, and there's you know not really any all ages places, um to be, you know um like, for like Hurricane Alley. This is a very high end production for a place that's free to get in, you know, very much so is yes. You have to be polished and ready to be on that stage. Yes. And so my goal in Shreveport is to have a stage that is ready for any major label band that wants to come in and step on that stage, Okay, but it's designed for high school kids. And, and so, um, my project
0: there is going to be to mentor, um, Youth uh, into so you have a less intimidating bands. venue that's more invite- that's inviting to everyone. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, and,
1: and there's not a bunch of restaurants lined up right there that's going to have you know customers uh, a lot of a lot of yeah, around yeah, yeah, yeah. that need um, to not hear yeah. somebody play their first bar chord, right? Right, or something yeah. you know, it, and it's gonna it's a way more forgiving thing, makes sense. And um, and 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 that's just my that's my vision for that down there. And you
0: know, that market like you thrive in that market. That, that's just, you really do. So yeah. like, why not? You know, it's not here. It's gotta, it's gotta be, it's gotta be somewhere.
1: It's gotta, it's gotta be back here. Again, yeah. You know? And so, and so my thing with, with Shreve Station is it's a place that's expensive to, uh, to pay for, yeah. for me to pay for, you know? And so I need to program it every day, Yeah. you know? So I, I don't, I don't want to be the only person promoting concerts there. So, I mean, it's just a, a super, a reasonable place for you know outside promoters to come in and 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 bring their favorite bands t- to town too yeah and you know, got my boy Jake hey, if they're
0: willing to pay for it i'll I'll help them you, you got know. my boy Jake dement back boxing there too oh, yeah that's man. awesome yeah. yeah yeah man so like but, but doing stuff like that's awesome man like having a venue um having a venue that is very diversified i would say you know where you can you can do all types of things where you know have food trucks roll up you know, while there's music going on, while there's a boxing match going on, what have you, you know. Yes, man. So, And we got a car show coming in, May, there you know, go.
1: custom car show. Awesome. And, uh, just a, another place for people to assemble, you know. And um, I'm really excited to cultivate these young bands, you know.
0: Well, and, that's, and, and, yeah, and I mean, that's that for there. your passions. That, and and yeah. I think everyone knows that, you yeah. know what I mean? I think just talking to you today, I know that more because it's like. If you're going to do something that's a business venture, whether you even make profit or just break even, you might as well be doing something that you enjoy doing. That's the only thing I can do, man. Because you've done all the other shit, right? You know what I mean? It's like, at this point... Funnel it
1: all in the kids. So, like, even... And in, in the bands, you know, that I still play with, you know, we pretty much do festivals and all-ages shows. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, I'll have the kids selling merch. or Yeah, there's you know, your venue right, right there. Or, um, I mean, they travel with us, and, and it just really I, – I felt like I've had an, enough of self-gratifying fun.
0: I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, the thing is, like, you can do it for yourself now. You've been doing it for everyone else so long. Now you have a venue where you can do it for yourself. You know what I mean? You know, and you know what to do and what not to do at this point. You yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah. It's,
1: you know, it's, yeah,
0: it's, it's just, uh,
1: it's interesting, man. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it carries a big footprint. I bet. And, uh, you just try to make the right decisions. Yeah. And <laughs> we'll leave
0: it at that. Yeah. We'll leave it at that, man. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So again, it's, it,
0: I just had to give you a plug, man. Okay, I don't want to man. get I don't want to get all into the depths of your business or try to you know it, it, or politics or anything like that. But I just uh, I know I know how hard you've been working in this industry for how long, and now that you have something that you're doing for yourself while you're still helping everyone else, I think it's amazing. Dude, thank you, man. And I think and it's amazing that you have people around you that support that too. That are not that are not at your you know, heels about it. You know what I mean? Well, I was worried, man. Right. I mean, first, why you wouldn't know? you? Because yeah. you know this fucking market, right? And yep. I say this, I say this because a lot of people don't know. So, and I've discussed this on the show before when we talk to people like down here, because we all know the synergy and how everyone works together. But this market for so many years has been so overly competitive that no one would let someone else shine without them getting their fucking feelings hurt. Oh, sure. Yeah. And there's a new collective group of people you being one of them, that understands the bigger picture. And so the more we have those people, you know, work with each other, the larger this picture is going to become. You know what I mean? But it's been needing to happen for fucking 50 years. It, ha- I mean, it really has hasn't happened. To happen. Longer than that, probably. it probably hasn't happened since the 50s, if you think about it, you know, in this area. Well, a lot of th- things, man, you hear, well, man, look, you you take you
1: take your pie, which is what you have, yeah. you know, which is our market, right? And yeah. then you start cutting each little segment out of it, and you realize how small the pie is, really. And um, and so they're like, well, man, how do you possibly think that business model is going to work? You know, if you know you've only got this percentage, of you, your probability is only this, yeah. or whatever, based upon your local market. And I'm like, okay, well, the the thing, like, our local market. We have some great people here, yes, but our local market, as a market, sucks. We need to bring tourists in to stimulate yeah. our market, yeah. you know. And it and casinos are not the way to do it because um, bigger and better is right there in Oklahoma, you know. And and so we can't put it, we can't hang it all on that, you know. There has to be multiple reasons. Yeah, there's going has got to be here. multiple options. And family oriented things are. I mean that that is really all I'm interested in doing,
0: you know. Um, well, I mean, look how much money that people spend on their children. <laughs> youth sports. <laughs> look how exactly. Look how much money. It's it's very easily easily doable in other avenues like music, and entertainment, dance, all that shit. Like how much money spent on those? So things? So much. Money. Yeah, I mean it's 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 not far fetched for people to spend that money, and you know, but that you have to have the the area to do it, you know. So I like it, man. man. I like it.
1: Yeah. So there's no reason why downtown Shreveport and downtown Bozier could be couldn't shouldn't be seen as as one thing. Yeah. You know. And and uh, and it was really funny because when I first you know got offered the opportunity, I'll call it down there in Shreveport. Um, you know, I brought Bo over there with me, and uh, I'm like, come on, man. He goes and and, and uh and they had just signed another deal. Yeah. And I'm like, I ain't asking you to do anything, man, yeah. you know, but how awesome would it be to have, you know, have the East Bank on the West Bank too? Yeah. You know, and, and, and really just to set an example to everybody and all of the other venue bar owners, restaurant owners in, in the market that i'm like if all you're doing is going after your backyard and worrying about what everybody else is doing then you're already behind yep you know and i think you know those of us that that do have uh successful things that are currently going i mean we're we're looking at how do we bring outside people in Mm -hmm. you know to experience you know the quality of people that we that we have that live here that serve others you Mm -hmm. know and 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 the experiences that that we want to create and share with everybody, you know. I mean, I mean, you throw uh, party gras, bro. I mean, you have you gotta you gotta know you gotta love the feeling. Oh, yeah. of, of every little bit of that.
0: Yeah. You know? I mean, it's great. It's great to have. It's just great to have that many people in one area that are all doing something for for someone else. Yeah. You know
1: what I mean? Well, I mean, like for me, when the when the pandemic shut everything down or whatever um i got offered opportunities to do streaming events you know and and get paid pretty well to do streaming events with with the video background and everything but i'm i'm not i'm like against that yeah you know i'm like that that's not nothing about streaming an event gets my adrenaline going
0: at all you yeah. know,
1: I mean, like, I, I need every every little bit of stress leading up to it, you know, and I need problems to pop up here and there, you know. and I, you, I, need, peop, I need to see people waiting in line, like, getting, like, and, and then I need to see smiles on everybody's faces, mm-hmm. you know. I'm, I mean, all of that is what it takes to make me okay at the end of the night, you know, knowing that I did something good, and streaming doesn't feed any of those selfish desires that I have. Yeah. You know <laughs> I mean, like... It's got to be more more than a dollar I
0: guess well I think you know? that um, I think that bringing the East Bank of Bozier and downtown Shreveport together over time is not far-fetched and I think I just commend you for being you're probably going to be the first step of doing that if you really think about it you know there, there are other things and motions that hopefully are going to start happening over the course of the next year or two in these areas but I think yours is the milestone because if you can do what you what I know you can do, then I think it's going to bridge a gap that has been here for so long. And me saying that's going to get people thinking about that. And that's why I said it, because I want people to hear that because they need to know. And the people that aren't here locally, because this podcast is broadcasted nationwide, so a lot of people aren't here locally. But if you just look into this area and the amount of talent that's come from this area the amount of talent that's in this area and the things that have derived from this area over the course of the past 70 years you'll know that there's some appreciation and value to hear there's just some things that need to be done to kind of reignite that
1: indeed man and, and, and it's really people working together to, yeah. to create that synergy yep and you know so if, if you've got business owners that are worrying about what other business owners are doing in different places and you're then you're behind the ball already yeah. you know and what, and what we need to be worried about is what more can we do to to make what we have more appealing to others you know or yeah just worry about just worry about what we've got going on yeah and now if you're making investments like if you're you know booking an expensive concert sure then you have to pay attention to what everybody else is going on you know and and make sure that you're not like trying to do something on the exact same time you know and uh and then everybody loses yeah you got to play nice with everyone you know and but 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 that's but that's it you know I, i'm seeing a lot more
0: synergy coming from from places these days you know and people well i think everyone's like fuck we've been to each other's heels for so long we got to try something we got to try to get along at this point right damn and yeah, that that would make sense yeah
1: up I've always done a good job of trying to just not pay attention, yeah, to the haters and yeah. And, and I'm
0: not. I, I just see critics, it from afar. Yeah, yeah I'm, know, I don't. And, I'm not in it. I just see it from afar. But I know. I know. I know it exists. You know what I mean? Oh
1: yeah, I remember that I used to hear so much crap because the same bands would get to open up. You know. For the same national acts that would come through town you know, yeah and those were and the, yes it is a good old boys network and yes the, those it? bands are my friends that get to open up for everybody yes but guess what as soon as they see that that band's playing or whatever they ask you know hey bro do you have support for this you know yeah perfect timing <laughs> you know exactly I can submit you, you know, but then, then you have others that sit back waiting and expecting you to reach out and ask them if they want to do it. Yeah. And then if you don't, then, then you're the asshole that only books their friends, yeah. you know, or, or, or what, or whatever other well, the hard thing you want to come up with. And I'm, you know, like, yeah.
0: the hard thing about it for you though, is everyone's your friend. So you're always going to piss someone off. Always. (laughs) It is what it is, man. You're a likable guy. Like, someone's going to get mad. It is what it is. Fuck them. (laughs) You can't please everyone 24-7.
1: Man, especially, you know, uh, Mr. Uh, Newlywed there, you know? Yeah. Like, there's... We got more important things to worry about who we piss off now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We got to keep care. a happy roof. Yeah, up dude. There, I don't man. care about anyone else. All that at other this stuff, point. man.
0: Yeah. I worry about my family. and That's it, man. And we, you know, keep doing these things that we're doing that helps everyone. But other than that, yeah. Shift of focus has changed. Could care less about any of that noise in the background. Well, see, my wife can beat me up. And, yeah. My mind probably gonna, can beat me be up probably, too. Yeah, on a so, good day. But I think, <laughs> not that I would know, but I
1: think this is my wife now is probably the first one that, 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 strong just physically strong enough to beat me up so how do you feel about that man like you know y'all ever arm wrestle for fun
0: or what no we don't arm wrestle man we uh we compete against each other in CrossFit and she kicks my ass 90% of the time every now and then I get her and then that just pisses her off more so she'll beat me next time you know so that's good stuff (laughs) we enjoy it we stay on each other's ass we enjoy it man it's a good time (laughs) well look dude let's wrap this thing up you got anything? Any last words, man? Anything you want to throw out there? Anything we didn't talk about? You may want to, you know, mm. mention. I don't want to get in trouble for forgetting something. Well, oh, you didn't come in here with the script, bro. So no, I, don't care. I didn't. Man. You're not gonna
1: hurt my feelings at all. Not really, man. Just thanks for having me, and thanks for all you're doing in the community, man. Yeah, man. And uh, and for constantly grinding, you know. And and I love the motivational stuff that, that you share on social media, you know, and, and grinding all the time. And, and so I, I you know, I, I, I like being around people that, that yeah. motivate me and inspire me, it, dude.
0: I just, that's, uh, you. I just, I don't know. I was such an asshole for so long. I feel like I need <laughs> I need to make amends, man, do better things, you know, but you don't, that's part of growing up. Right. You know what I mean? Well, you were living in a small town, dude. Exactly. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, it's a bigger picture now, man. It's a bigger picture. Now you're international, son. Oh, shit. I don't know about all that. But one day, maybe. All right, man. Let's wrap it up. Cheers. Thanks, everyone.